Hi, this is Brian Lairs at Campbell Ford Niles, and we're inviting you to come down to the dealership so you can experience why we're the number one best-selling certified pre-owned dealer in our market. Campbell Ford, where the best bottom line is always at the state line. It's comic book storyline time. I'm Brian Sorensen, a.k.a. Brian the Comic Book Guy. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Every Wednesday at 1 p.m., a new episode airs. You'll get it right in your inbox. If you have anything you want to talk about this week's episode or any other episode, you can find me on Instagram at Brian the Comic Book Guy, or you can email me, Brian the Comic Book Guy, at gmail.com. So this is going to be our first four-way into an Iron Man storyline. This one, it's uh, one from the late 80s. And they have recently said that they're going to be making a movie, TV show about it. But we will see how that goes. We're talking Armor Wars this week. Now, when it first came out, it was originally called Stark Wars because of his one-man crusade to get his armor and technology plans back. So that's the basis of Armor Wars. Tony had fought a bad guy, and he found out that that guy had stolen some of his technology. But as he's about to find out, it goes a whole lot deeper than that. So this week we are going to cover primarily all the the, the storyline takes place in Iron Man alone. But there's a few uh, issues of Captain America that we'll get into. He runs into Captain America in a time where he had given up being Captain America, but he was simply called the Captain. So we're going to be talking Iron Man issues from Volume 1, 225 through 229 this week and Captain America 340. So we're going to start off right where Armor Wars begins, uh, Iron Man 225. Uh, he's doing a, a weapons demonstration, uh, blocking missiles, testing new armor. So then he goes home to his lab, and he is looking through the armor from uh, a guy that he had fought. His name is Clay Wilson, uh, and uh, he's looking through the armor of this guy who he fought a few issues before. And he's looking closely at some of the circuitry, and he gets really upset. Rhodey comes in, says, what's going on? Uh, Tony's trashed his office, trashed his lab, and he's trying to smash different things. And he's like, what are you doing? You need to ease up. He goes, uh, I'm a little bit upset. And they're like, what's going on? He goes, I've run every scan, looked everywhere I could. It's just not here anymore. A bug. I was checking Force's armor, the guy that he stole, took the armor from. Some of the devices, some of the most essential technology is mine. Certain circuits are based on my top security Iron Man systems. So closely, I didn't even chance patent them. Somebody bugged the lab, stole the technology, and applied it to this armor. So whatever damage he committed squares solely on my shoulders. And he's also saying, uh, what if he wasn't the only one using his technology? So uh, they, they need to figure out what uh, who could have done it. So right off the bat, and at this point, Iron Man was a part of the West Coast Avengers in Los Angeles in California. So he checks the uh, West Coast Avengers databank for any armored bad guys. There's quite the list. The Beetle, Shockwave, Doctor Doom, the Controller, Crimson Dynamo, uh, Professor Power, Titanium Man, Stilt Man, uh, a group called the Raiders. It goes on and on. And he's just flying off the handle like, um, I think all of these guys, but I need to find uh, proof, basically. So he tries to do it the legal way. He goes to that uh, 
Mr. Clay's office there to ask him what's going on. Uh, so he he's like, no, I, I developed the prototypes by myself. And he goes, but the advanced stuff, the really powerful designs were supplied by Justin Hammer. We remember him from Iron Man 2. He gets a little bit involved in this. So Tony thinks that he needs to break into Justin Hammer's technology and his computers so he can see if there's a list there. But he he's uh, still struggling with the idea that his armor and his technology could be used for bad instead of good. And uh, he's kind of relives the events living up, leaving up to like all of his armor being created while he's doing a weapons demonstration. And he ends up accidentally trashing these two tanks that he was supposed to be testing the strength of. Uh, so he tries the legal approach. He needs to uh, try and go through legal. He gets uh, his lawyers together trying to see what he can do legally. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit more than that. And we know how Tony is, especially in the movies and in the comics. He's a little bit of a loose cannon. So he, uh, trying to get information on Justin Hammer, he gets his top computer guy to try and break in, but there's a, uh, a little problem. He needs something to block a back door that's keeping him out of Hammer's technology. And he goes, somebody that's good with electronics that I can trust that could sneak in easily. And uh, he goes to one Scott Lang, Ant-Man. Now in the comics, they are a little closer since they're both on the West Coast Avengers. They're friends. Even his daughter, Cassie, is calling him Uncle Tony. So they, they, uh, they're familiar. And they're, it's not like in the comics where they barely know each other and have some animosity a little bit in the background there. But uh, Tony and Rhodey ask Scott if he can become Ant-Man, shrink down, go into Justin Hammer's computers, and block that back door so they can figure out who's doing what. So Scott accepts. He thinks it's a pretty cool challenge. He shrinks down, gets in his computer. Iron Man causes a distraction that would uh, trip alarms that Ant-Man's in the system. And he successfully does it. And they find that uh, it wasn't Hammer who stole the technology after all. It was a guy called the Spy Master, and he sold it to Hammer. So there was a bad guy that sold it, and he prints out a list of who uh, Hammer doled the stuff out to, technology-wise. And Tony's getting even more mad because it's a bunch of bad guys. So he gathers his legal team again. What can we do legally? And while that's going on, he goes after one of the guys on the list, Stiltman. He finds him trying to break into some top-secret warehouse, and he puts this uh, device on him, and it's like a power dampener, and it completely shuts down and makes the technology useless. He tries it out on Stiltman, and it works, but it's only powered against his things. So if he puts this thing on the armor, and it's his, it'll stop it from working. So he goes after uh, another guy. He goes after a guy called the Mauler, who had some sophisticated suit of body armor, so the guy gives it to him, and he takes it, and he discovers it's not really his. But he goes into this uh, controller. The, the controller is one of the bad guys who they think is dead. So they uh, go into this guy's uh, former abandoned church and turns it into like this spa resort. Tony gets him just as he's about to, and he sees things aren't quite what they suspect. The people that are laying down for the spa treatment 
are getting fit by this mechanical arm with a control disc that they're controlling people. Uh, so quickly, a whole bunch of people at this resort go after him, and he busts in, and the controller is not dead. So we, all these people are attacking Iron Man while he's in his Iron Man outfit, and uh, he finally breaks free, smashes the controllers, just starts punching them hardcore while all these guys are trying to uh, attack him. But he manages to get this control device. It, he calls it a negator pack. The circuits are fusing, melting, and he puts it on the controller, boom. So that means that his technology was with the controller. So then he goes to his legal team. You may have heard the name Bert when it was in uh, Iron Man 2. Well, you actually get to see Bert in the comics. And Bert tells him that uh, there's a hearing date for uh, like another year or so down the road. Tony just simply cannot accept that, and he's mad that it takes that long. And he goes, okay, so I need to make a decision. Even if it's against the law, I need to stop this technology from getting out there and harming people. So this is where he kind of began his one-man army uh, going against everything to get his uh, technology back. When we get to Iron Man 226, uh, right off the bat we see uh, these guys called the Raiders, a bunch of guys that uh, are criminals, they all have armor, and they're breaking into a military plane. Iron Man shows up to attack them while they're trying to rob the place, and he puts his negator packs on all of them. Boom, he finds out that they are using his stolen technology. So, so he gets those guys, and... Uh, done with those but he's not done yet we find out we go to justin hammer's estate and justin hammer's really mad now because he's like okay he has been interfering in my affairs uh i uh, i need to figure out how to get this guy and stop him before he screws up all my his plans and he was the one that activated the raiders so he was behind the raiders so he's mad that iron man is doing this now in the background from a news standpoint the news feeds are coming through. The papers are showing Iron Man is on this rampage. Now, as I said before, Iron Man is on the West Coast Avengers at the time, but he's not letting them help him with this case. So it's going to kind of bite him in the butt eventually. So he's got to go between being Tony Stark and Iron Man all the time in the comics. So he's uh, he gets out of his Iron Man armor, and he's trying to fight this thing legally. A bunch of people are coming to talk to him, and he gets another... Uh, call uh, from his computer whiz, Aid Zimmer, and uh, he said, uh, I need to see you right away. So he and Rhodey, who's pretty much his bodyguard at the time, uh, he goes in and he's like, okay, so uh, I got to tap into the West Coast Avengers computer, find out uh, who else is using this, uh, maybe using this technology, and it's all technology-based individuals, not on Justin Hammer's list that he had before. So the first one he's going to go investigate is a guy named Stingray. Uh, Stingray is uh, a former, or he's like a reserve Avenger, On uh, he's guarding Hydro Base, which is an Avengers base at the time. But as uh, he's doing this, the Avengers are talking to him, and he's like, okay, Hawkeye, uh, I don't need the Avengers to do any of this. Uh, it's personal. He goes to uh, uh, Avengers West Coast Headquarters, and he's like, no, you guys don't need to get involved. I can't let you guys get involved. This is all me. And the, the Avengers are like, eh, okay, you can kind of do this, but we're going to be watching you. Uh, the rest of this issue is mostly Tony and Rhodey doing their own thing, personal lives and everything. But then Iron Man goes to Hydro Base, where Stingray is kind of like in charge. Uh, his name's Walter Noel. And uh, 
he gets a little detection thing that uh, somebody's coming onto the island. So he gets into his Stingray armor, and he meets Iron Man. And Iron Man's, okay, uh, I've tried to do this the easy way. He goes, I'm not going to steal your armor. I just want to test it to see. And Stingray gets a little bit hot-headed. So they uh, they start fighting. Goes underwater, where Stingray primarily operates. Tony has some, you know, means of getting underwater as well with the armor. And he knocks Stingray out, and then he puts the negator on his armor. Well, guess what happened? Nothing happened. His circuits aren't based on stolen technology. And he said, oh, crap, that means I've just made a big mistake. He attacked a hero, and he's just flies off. Now, from a PR standpoint, Tony Stark, they don't know he's Iron Man. So from a PR standpoint, everybody's saying Iron Man's on the loose. He's he's going nuts. He's doing this rampage thing. So in the public eye, Tony holds a press conference and fires Iron Man. We get to Iron Man 227. He starts fighting the Beetle right off the bat. The bad guy called the Beetle because he's an armored bad guy. And uh, he kicks him around a few pages. Uh, and actually, it's funny. In, uh, he's attacking the beetle above some celebrity shindig. And it has a whole bunch of like little celebrity appearances. You get to see Michael J. Fox. Because it's the 80s, you know. And uh, he ends up taking down the beetle, puts that negator on. Boom. He finds out that it was his technology. The beetle had his technology. So now he needs to get really serious. He goes, uh, Justin Hammer was the one that uh, put the bug in my lab, and he's been equipping bad guys or even sold the technology. We This frequency scanner I've developed tracks my circuits down, and the negator packs fully nullify them. And so he kind of explains what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, Hawkeye calls him. He goes, uh, we were just listening to a news story that says Iron Man's playing vigilante, and he's going after people. And uh, we happen to know you're Iron Man, so what gives? And he goes, uh, all I can say is there's a method to my madness. We're, uh, we're done with these bad guys. We need to take them out because uh, I need to take care of business with these armor bad guys. Stingray was a mistake. I'm really sorry. And they're like, hey, can we help you? And he's like, no, this is my game. Uh, you'll have to trust me. And they're like, okay, for now, we'll trust you. So... Tony gets a visit from Nick Fury. Nick Fury wants to know what the heck Iron Man's doing. Now, in the comics, it's a whole lot different. Nick Fury doesn't know at the time that he's Iron Man. So he's trying to see if maybe he can kind of get a little perspective. Maybe he kind of thinks that maybe he's Iron Man, but can't tell for sure. But uh, Tony comes up with this thing. He goes... I have this file on a guy named Randall Pierce. I hired him to be Iron Man years ago. And then Nick Fury's like, uh, is this his secret identity? What's going on? He goes, uh, I may have dismiss dismissed Iron Man, but he's become a liability. And since I know Iron Man's capabilities, I need to be the one that captures him. Uh, Pierce, when he's in his armor, uh, his armor can uh, be detected. He goes, I'll need to bring his armor back, and I will take care of it. So Nick Fury's like, oh, okay. So he says, I designed this homing circuit on the armor so I can find him where, wherever he goes. So we need to go to S.H.I.E.L.D. so I can help find him. So they go to this S.H.I.E.L.D. base, and he uses their technology to find Iron Man. And Rhodey's like, uh, what are we doing here? A little bit later on, they're in their own car talking. He goes... The homing beacon I planned, planted in my upstate New York house worked, uh, but I didn't anticipate S.H.I.E.L.D. sending unarmored guards because 
uh, he wanted to send uh, Mandroids, which is like an armored version of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. So Tony's like, crap, there's going to be unarmored and armored S.H.I.E.L.D. agents at this thing. And I just wanted the armored guys there to see if S.H.I.E.L.D. stole my technology. So S.H.I.E.L.D. does what uh, Tony had asked. He uh, goes in position around this estate, and uh, these Mandroid armors uh, go on the grounds. And the nullifiers start attaching out of nowhere to some of the mandroids, knocking them out. So it's like, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. had the armor too now. Uh, Iron Man uh, gets in, he, Tony gets into his Iron Man armor and heads on attacks the rest of the mandroids. And he personally puts the nullifiers on all of the guys that are in armor, but uh, gets the unarmored guys out of the way. And uh, he's like, okay, Stark, what's going on? Goes a little bit later on, he goes, Iron Man knew exactly what we had planned, what's going on. He goes, uh, well, Iron Man did seem to know what was going on. That's weird. And he blops this little bug out of his pocket, but nobody else sees it. And Tony's like, huh, uh, your computers were bugged by Iron Man. And they're like, oh, crap. And Rhodey's just like, hey, that was pretty slick that you did that. He goes, uh, I, kn I knew this was going to be hard from the start, and I realized that I'm going to have to live with this problem for a very long time and i just need to get these guys put away and the uh, end of the story is a very familiar steve rogers coming to talk to iron man now steve rogers at the time was no longer captain america so he comes to tony asking for a favor because he needs a new shield interesting so we get to iron man 228 with the captain uh iron man gives uh Steve, a new shield. It's not decorated yet. He doesn't look anything. And uh, he's debating whether or not to tell Steve because they are good friends in the comics as well as in the movies. So he doesn't tell Steve Rogers what's going on. They He thanks him for his shield. And uh, Steve comes back. He's hanging out. And he's like, uh, I may no longer be Captain America, but I'm still American. He goes, uh, what, what are you planning on doing? He goes, I've been in touch with the West Coast Avengers and I talked to Nick Fury, and he goes, uh, I know that these uh, guardsmen are going to be next, that you're going on on this list. He goes, uh, the, the guardsmen are protecting the vault, which is a high-security villain prison. And uh, he, he's like, okay, uh, I'm asking you as a friend, Tony, don't do this. So then he kind of goes away. But you know full dang well Tony is going to go after these guys. You know he's going to go do it. So the, you see that uh, Denver is being attacked by Electro. The uh, guardsmen come, they capture Electro, bring him to the vault. But it's not the real Electro. It was Rhodey in disguise, just so he can get in and find their location. So Rhodey breaks out of the, the cell that was designed for Electro and lowers the, the uh, security fields for Tony to come in. Tony goes in for, you know, getting all the armor guys. But what he didn't count on is Steve Rogers, as the captain, is right behind him. So they come into the base. Uh, they uh, they give He gives uh, Rhodey this air mask because he's uh, going to flood everything with gas to try and knock all these guys out to take out their armor. Iron Man and Rhodey are quickly discovered because they're not doing the smartest thing right now. And one by one, he starts taking out the armor. And uh, Rhodey is left to... Uh, fend for himself, uh, but there's also a lot of different bad guys in these prisons. Uh, Mr. Hyde, Titania, things like that, because it is a super, super uh, max prison. Uh, he starts taking out these guardsmen left and right. Rhodey is trying to get to their power source so he can knock them all out, and uh, 
He's getting ready to take out the last guy, and a shield comes in between them. And it's Captain America, or the Captain. And he's like, you know, you can't do this, Tony. You can't do this. And uh, he tells the one guy, you know, son, I'll protect you. Guardsman, I'll protect you. And it's like, Tony, don't do this. And he goes, this man, patriotism, mayor is my own. I'm willing to die for my country uh, and my beliefs, but he is too. So he, uh, the, the guardsman falls down. He takes off his helmet and he's trying to save the guy. And Tony knocks unconscious Steve Rogers. And right before he loses consciousness, they look at each other. And they meet eyes, and the uh, caption is, No words are spoken, none are needed, for both men know that a bond has been broken today, a bond that is old as their friendship, as deep as their innermost thoughts, a dear and precious length that may never be whole again. So he leaves Steve Rogers unconscious with all these guardsmen's armor, and uh, he picks up Rhodey, and they leave. Captain America wakes up, and we'll pick up uh, in Captain America 340, where it picks up from... Uh, the captain's perspective, he wakes up after the fact, uh, kind of reliving the events, the first about five or six pages, and uh, he leaves the, rat, the the prison, and Falcon picks him up, and uh, he's met by a bunch of his guys that he has. He's got uh, uh, D-Man, he's uh, a low-level superhero, doesn't have a whole lot of powers, is just really strong, and he also has uh, Nomad. Uh, they kind of travel as like a, a little mini hero group. Now, when Tony shut off the power to the vault, a bunch of the supervillains tried to escape too. Mr. Hyde, Titania. Uh, so Captain America and his group are purposed with going after these guys. And uh, they they quickly make work of these guys. Now, this is the only part that really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the main storyline. It's kind of picking up the pieces. And this whole issue is Steve Rogers trying to come to the terms with one of his best friends, who is Tony Stark. Now, they they are closer in the comics, I would say, than in the movies. You saw how their bond was broken in Civil War. But as you can see, this is where it started. They had a major issue that started with Armor Wars. And this was the first time Captain America kind of had the terms with one of his best friends that he's known for a long time. Uh, kind of misused that trust. And we'll see that again in Civil War, years down the road, when they do finally duke it out. And this was the first time that it happened. So you can see that this is a big difference from the movies. What led up to Civil War in the movies started with this in the comics. And now that kind of made Civil War happen a little bit worse in the comics. Now, we relived this when I talked about the Civil War, the, the first four episodes of our podcast, we saw that Cap kind of relived this moment as the first sign that Tony may, you know, misuse their friendship and their trust. Uh, so the rest of this issue is primarily just Cap just getting all the prisoners and uh, still trying to figure out what he can do to help save Tony. Because all in all, Tony is still his friend. So what can he do to kind of help Tony not go down this path because he feels that it's Tony's responsibility to take care of this armor, but it's Cap's responsibility to keep Tony safe. So we get to the last issue for this week's broadcast, uh, Iron Man 229. Now right on the cover we see that he's going to go up against two major armored bad guys in Iron Man's 
plethora of bad guys. Titanium Man and the Crimson Dynamo. Now we start this issue off right away with the West Coast Avengers kind of talking to Iron Man. We've got Hank Pym, we've got Mockingbird, Hawkeye, Wonder Man, and at the time, Moon Knight was a part of the West Coast Avengers. Uh, they're kind of reliving the events up until right now, this issue, where uh, they're like, okay, you knocked out Cap, so I think you need to explain yourselves. You've been trashing armor types for weeks, giving us stupid excuses other than because we need an answer. You're an Avenger, and the heat's starting to come down on us, because think about it. He's in, he got fired by Tony Stark, but he's still an Avenger in the public eye. So they're like, okay, so one Avenger is going all on these guys. So what's the deal? So he kind of relives everything, telling uh, Hawkeye and everything leading up to this. So they're like, oh, okay, so why didn't you ask for help? And he's like, you might have said yes. My mission has made me a criminal. It's almost destroyed my company, and it may still destroy me. I had to fire Iron Man, but I don't want anything to happen to you guys. So they're like, okay, we appreciate it, but you're still an Avenger by association, and you're doing stuff that's going to bring us some major grief. So how about you kind of back off on this little vendetta now? Tony doesn't say anything, puts his armor back on, takes off. So the Avengers are like, all right, I guess uh, he's not going to listen. So Tony and Rhodey head to Moscow, where two of the most biggest baddies in Iron Man's bad guy collection are there, Crimson Dynamo and Titanium Man. They both have their armor. So uh, he's got to figure out if they are using his armor, but he needs to be really slick and stealth in this. He develops a new stealth armor that's all like this black stealth armor. Uh, he's building it, and he's... Uh, cracking some codes, trying to uh, get past security in Russia. So he tells Rhodey, okay, so we're going to do this together. Why don't you go home, get some sleep. We'll take care of this when you get back. So Rhodey leaves, like, all right, I'll catch you in a few hours. So he's like, immediately his inner monologue is, sorry for lying to you, but this is the toughest thing I've had to do. I need to take care of this on my own. At least I won't. I will end up an international criminal. You won't assuming I survived this. So he takes off for Russia. Rhodey's in a helicopter leaving, and he goes, ah, really? Okay. But then he's like, eh, maybe he's doing me a favor because I don't have any armor. Because think of it, it's before War Machine, so he doesn't have armor yet. So he's like, okay, maybe I'll just sit this one out. So Tony gets all the way to Russia in his new stealth armor, where he immediately starts attacking Crimson Dynamo and uh, Titanium Man. Uh, they immediately get their armor back on, start attacking him. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's really winning, uh, but he ends up getting the, the, the edge over Titanium, or Crimson Dynamo, and he puts the negator on it. Boom. Fused the circuits. That means that it was using his armor. So Titanium Man is the only one left. He starts attacking him, and uh, Tony is uh, in a little bit of hot water because Titanium Man is getting an edge on him. Uh, he uh, gets him in this little force field where he can't move. Uh, he brings him to the ground, tries to bring him to the ground, but Iron Man turns on his thrusters. And it's kind of reminiscent of Iron Man 1 where he's flying up as high as he can go with uh, Obadiah. 
and uh, he's just flying up in the atmosphere. And the guy that's inside the armor is uh, seeing that the his external temperature is uh, gonna gonna melt his armor because Iron Man's boots are like kind of making the armor go on fire. Titanium Man crashes to, into the to the ocean. Uh, he doesn't get a chance to put the negator on, but uh, the Russians start shooting Iron Man, so he takes off. And uh, we see that uh, some state officials back in Washington give a call to the Avengers, obviously, because Iron Man is now facing murder charges because Titanium Man, they can't find him. He got dumped into the ocean. It looked like Titanium Man was killed. So they're like, okay, the State Department is branding you a traitor, an outlaw. Uh, they want you extradited. He goes, the reasons I went to Russia were to save lives. I'm sorry for the for uh, for Titanium Man's death, but it was an accident brought on by self-defense. I regret it, but I don't apologize. It's my armor. I got to take care of this. So they're like, okay, wait out in the hall. Tony waits out in the hall. A few moments later, Mockingbird comes in and gets him. And he goes, okay, so we took a vote. We had no choice. You're our friend, but you're also a criminal wanted by the United States government. Our charter is very clear on this. There's nothing more we can do but this. I'm afraid we need to ask for your ID card. As of right now, you are an Avenger no more. So, the Avengers had no choice but to fire him. Think about it. When he's going off doing all these criminal things, he can't be an Avenger too because that puts the heat on the Avengers too. So Hawkeye, who's the leader of the West Coast Avengers at this point, says, you know, we can't be mixed in with you. We offered you help to kind of do this the right way, but you wanted to go off and do things on your own. Therefore, the only thing we can do is fire you from the Avengers. So that's where we're going to leave off this week. It's an amazing tale. We've still got a lot more action. Tony's not even done finding the guys on his list and just enacting his revenge for people taking his armor and he feels totally guilty that people are using this for bad means and as you can see this one-man war it's kind of building up to this crescendo of what's going to happen at the end you'll find out next week now as i said in the beginning if you want to reach out to me at bry the comic book guy on instagram where you'll find links to all the episodes that i air plus pictures of the issues we talked about this week and every week also, you can email me, brythecomicbookguy at gmail.com. So I look forward to talking with you next week as we wrap up Armor Wars 1. Now, kind of a spoiler, a little bit later on, a couple years later, there is an Armor Wars 2. So after next week's episode wrapping up Armor Wars 1, we're going to go into Armor Wars 2. We'll see some differences in what happens when there's another Armor Wars. Are they going to have things similar to the the comics in the movie or the tv show whatever they decide to do obviously they can't use tony stark uh, from what i have heard it's going to be Rhodey and happy hogan as a center of these uh, armor wars we'll find out so until next time as always thanks for listening